0: Want to cut cooling bills without cutting comfort? Lower utility costs and enjoy cool and consistent comfort with a highly efficient air conditioner from Luxair. With Luxair's consumer rebate program, educators, nurses, first responders, military personnel, and veterans can enjoy exclusive rebates on qualifying purchases of Luxair equipment. To learn more, call Chris Brewer at Affordable Heat and Air, 317-656-7945. They'll recommend a system tailored to your home that provides comfort, energy savings, and lasting performance.
1: This is Trackside with Kirk Cavan and Kevin Lee. Brought to you by Luxair Premium Residential Systems. A smart choice in home comfort on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan now stay tuned now stay tuned now stay tuned for the
2: greatest spectacle for the greatest spectacle now stay tuned fire bill holland flights across the line and he becomes the winner of the big 500 at indianapolis memorial day classic treacherous northeastern has blamed another car duke nayland the marvel novi number 54 blazing speed number 98 here's a checkered flag for joy rudman And in car number 98, the Agatha Special wins the 1972 500 mile race. We've got an accident here. Car number five, car number five, the Zinc Special, is the first direct. Another over the wall. And we've got one, two, three, four, five, six cars piled up here on the northeast turn. Right in front of them here. And as they come down, it's Rathman ahead of Ward by a fair margin. Looks like about 65 feet right now. Yes, did we're right here? They have that hose, that nozzle right into that gas tank now. they're closing it up immediately. I think they just put about a gallon or so. There's yelling go, 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 and AJ Point is on his way. Now coming here for a pit stop is Eddie Sachs.
0: A surprise, a pit
2: stop for Eddie Sachs coming in. There has been a spectacular play almost at the head of the main stretch. There's so much fire, so much smoke, It's uh, I am unable to see any car at all. Parnelli Jones is almost at a halt on turn number four. He went by me, clear under the white line, almost into the grass, and he's barely coasting around. Parnelli Jones in... Now they're pushing it back into the infield grass. I think Joe Leonard's out of this race. In front of us here, in front of VIP suites, coming off the second turn, Tom Sneva. Fun, got into the outside wall. The car has come to stop just in front of us. There is some flame. The engine's torn completely off of the car. So the chase is on, but Gordon Johncock has pulled over to the left side of the straightaway. He appears to be slowing. He has cut his car in off of the apron at the south end of the main straightaway. A.J. Foyt is now our leader. A.J. Boyd at Indianapolis, has won his fourth 500-mile race. We've got an accident on the main straightaway. Kevin Kogan is against the wall. Spears makes it try. John Cock wins it by less than one-tenth of a second. Danny Sullivan gets him. Danny Sullivan gets it. Now he's screwing. Now he's spinning. Danny Sullivan spins. Tommy Rayhall charges. Mario Andretti slowing down on the main straightaway. Side by side. Emo on the inside. Now coming to The Goodyear up. makes a move. Little Al wins by just a few tenths of a second. Five. Unbelievable. The car comes to a stop just a few feet short of the start-finish line. Emo raises his hands as if to say, I can't believe what has happened. Goodyear went around the pace car. Now Gordon's pulling in. He's pulling in. Teddy Brick has got it. Paul Tracy looking as Tracy tries to make the pass. He makes it. the pass to the North City at North Princeton area. Watson is on the speedway. Sam Orton Jr. makes the pass. He'll win it. Sam Orton Jr. goes to the inside end. He's ready and wins ah! in the final 100 yards. J.R. Hildebrand down along the white line. He is sputtering slow and he hits the wall. He hits the wall coming out of four. Will he have enough to cross the yard above? Six. Who is the winner? Weldon. Uh, the, Dan uh, it Weldon. Is Weldon. Dan Weldon has won the race. Ryan Hunter Ray looking at Elio Castro and Evans making that car plenty wide. Touch right Almost got into the grass to make the pass. Ryan Hunter Ray with a bonsai move in the end to three in front of indianapolis turn number 800 is upon us less than a car length is the difference the final turn to call the finish the voice of the 500 paul page and it is ryan hunter ray that is going to lead elio Nevis across the line ryan hunter ray has his first indianapolis 500 mile race win elio Nevis will have to wait for another year Checkered flag is in the air. A first-timer is going to win the 100th Indianapolis 500-mile race. California's Alexander Rossi to the checkered flag. And he's done it. Simon Pagano into the home stretch. Less than half a back. mile. Simon Pajano sweeps him up the bay. Marcus Erickson leads to the short shoot. A quiet Swede quietly has made his way to the front and now a half a lap away from winning his very first Indianapolis 500. Eight car lengths as he swings low. Now back high to turn three for the final time. Marcus Erickson is snaking around. Pato Ward and Tony are skulking with Felix Rosenquist. Marcus Erickson with a five-car length advantage, and the caution flag has come out due to an incident in turn number two, Mark. Marcus Erickson flies under the twin checkers, and he has achieved racing immortality. He wins the 106th running of the Indianapolis 500-mile
1: race. Now stay tuned for the greatest spectacle in racing. How about that, race fans? We are now officially on it. The 107th Indianapolis 500, just, what, 41 hours away? Coverage here on all the Radio One broadcast stations here in Indianapolis will be live within 36 hours, and the countdown to this spectacular Indianapolis Motor Speedway event will begin. Hello, I'm Kurt Cavan. Kevin Lee is alongside at Indianapolis Raceway Park, and Eddie Garrison's back in our studios on downtown Indianapolis. We had a terrific carb day. What a carb day this was. This is one for the ages. Tremendous crowd, perfect weather, no accidents, a good uh, pit stop challenge, and we're set to go racing. Kevin Lee... How is uh, Indianapolis Raceway Park shaping up tonight?
3: It's not raining. I've never been here for one of Jackson's races <laughs> on a Friday night when it wasn't wet and cold and wondering if it was going to happen. So it's beautiful. It's sunshine. They've already had the USAC midget race. They, uh, I haven't heard why, but they swapped up the schedule, and the USAC midget race has already run. Just finished a few minutes ago. And as you see, they or can hear probably, they're moving things into Team tent. <laughs> Um, but let's see, USF 2000 is coming up in about a half hour, so still time for that, and then USF Pro 2000, which is what Jackson Lee runs in, is coming up. um, Actually, no, I'm sorry, the the Silver Crown race is up next, then USF 2000, then uh, the USF Pro 2000. will finish things off at about 9.30 or so, so still plenty of time to join us later tonight. We have a small but very enthusiastic crowd here, Uh, right in front of the Turn 3 Motorsports tent to join us. We might grab the driver of the the number 47 IU Comprehensive Cancer Browning Chapman Prime 47 car in a little bit and race for RP as well. Uh, I have uh, requested that Miles Rowe, the championship leader, come over. Jack William Miller, who was a local driver, he is uh, on the pole tonight. Jack may come over in a few minutes and maybe Jackson's teammates and maybe the, the team boss, Peter Dempsey, you know, yesterday, or maybe it was two days ago was the 10-year anniversary of when he won that four-wide finish of the Freedom 100. So that's coming up. Well, let's talk about the Indy 500, Kurt. What do you think?
1: Well, it's it's everything we hoped it would be today, Uh and the weather looks good for the weekend. And just as we've talked about pretty much since this show started on May 1 – you're going to have to beat the Ganassi's, I think. Takuma Sato fastest today. Yeah. Scott Dixon uh, second quick. Both of those two drivers were over 227 miles per hour. The only ones in that bracket. Alex Palou was fourth, and it's just it's just really shaping up as you know. Those are the fast cars. Now Will Powers got a good car. We know that. Uh, some big surprises in the top six. Kyle Kirkwood, I think. Would uh, surprise most people that he was fifth on the grid today or fifth on his speed chart. And how about this? Something none of us saw coming, Augustine Canapino. He's sixth at 226.5. And those uh, other veterans that we talked to in the press room after the session today, just raving about how good Augustine Canapino's been not only in this race, but all season. He's been the surprise of the season. There's no question about that. Very impressed with him. Great story.
3: I also will say I don't put a ton of stock into the speeds today because I just don't know what everybody is doing. I remember he did a big lap early going, um, but it's, it still matters. So it just shows, you know, if the car is bad and you're not capable, you can't put up that lap in any kind of circumstances to compare with anyone. You know, like Rena VK, wasn't he 33rd? I don't think he's 33rd fastest. So everybody's working on different things. I like to talk to them, and I didn't talk to a lot of people today, uh, but I did talk to Kyle Kirkwood on and off the air, and that, that's one of the things I said the other day, and one of the reasons why I put him in a back tier, even from starting 15th is someone that has a chance. You know, let's think about his experience. He has the same level of experience, and he's, I think, about the same place in his career that Alexander Rossi was when he won the Indianapolis 500. Uh, Kirkwood has a year of IndyCar experience. Rossi had high-level European experience, and five Formula One starts, but maybe you could even argue Kirkwood is further ahead. So in the right situation, and that was unique, he can win, but, but his car is good. Grosjean feels really comfortable. I still don't rate them super high. I rate them in a position where they could finish in the top five or so, but I think you're still right that it's the Ganassi's on the Honda side. I talked to Pato today for quite a while, and he does feel pretty good. He's not sure how much you can move forward, which works fine for him because he's starting fifth. You know, he thinks it might still be the same thing where it's uh, the top two can kind of pass in a line, and after that it gets a little bit more challenging um, I, I'm guessing that Rossi still feels pretty good, and all the McLaren drivers. I talked to McLaughlin and Newgarden for a while yesterday, but did not see them after practice. They legit feel good, and Scott, I think, is pretty honest with me that he thinks that he's, you know, I don't know that. I mean, he says he can win the race. Some things have to happen, but the car is good enough, and he believes like he can get up there. But man, the Ganassi's
1: look good. <laughs> That's that's kind of scary. Yeah, I I still like what I said uh, maybe probably a week ago. I'll take the Ganassi's and give away the field because this really feels like it's setting up well for them. You know, Sato's been quick almost every day. The other thing that's interesting about today and different perhaps than, than when I covered this race, you know, two decades ago, and, and part of it's a rule change, but you used to go out on carb day, run a few laps, make sure everything worked, put it in the barn. Today, almost everybody ran in the 60 to 70 to 80 lap total. I mean, it was a really productive day and a lot of laps turned. So the rule change that, 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 uh, that really impacts this is that if you tore up your race car today, you could go to the backup without being sent to the rear of the field. So you could, uh, you know, just play a little bit more. And we saw a lot of action today. And it was, plus, there were more laps, I mean, more time allowed. Uh, some years it was only an hour practice. This is a two hour session. That's the other factor involved.
3: And I think maybe another factor for more running, you know, remember back in the day when you had four days of qualifying, which we say back in the day, but we remember that. Uh, so if you qualify on the pole, then you're using that time for those other three qualifying days because it wasn't nonstop qualifying like it is now. They use that time for race running and practice running. So the good teams were always sorted by the time you got to carb day. Now, uh, and, and in part because track position is important and you got the time after qualifying, they spend a lot of time working on qualifying. And then they go to work on the race car because they know they have the Monday and they have the Friday. So that's, been a different dynamic as well, um, you know. I, I I should not throw out numbers on television or digital television because people take that as facts. So I, but I threw out a number, and is that high? Is that low? I said seventy-five thousand. I, I feel plus or minus twenty thousand. I'm probably in the ballpark there.
1: Was it, were, you, were you looking for confirmation? Because <laughs> yeah, because that... you counted the seats. Well, that's true. Uh, you know, I would say you seventy-five. The, you didn't count the concert space. No, but I, I would I might contend and I have no intel on this because I you know, the ticket sales will will be, uh, you know, more or not known here in a few days. But I, I'd say the number was a little north of 75. Not a lot. I think you're within the 20,000, but I think it might yeah. you might be a little low.
3: I think I might've been conservative. I just didn't want to go to high. You know, I've heard people say 90,000 before and I, I don't know if that's right or not, but I think you could make a case that we're in that ballpark there, but it was awesome. And if, if people threw out 90 a few years ago, maybe that was exaggerated, but this feels like as big as we've seen in a little while. So it was just a lot of fun. There's been awesome energy all month. Every day feels just a little bit bigger and it sets us up for a fantastic race. We don't, I think, as far as I know, still have any weather concerns on Sunday, right?
1: Well, would you? You can't. You can't make that statement. You know that's how yeah, you jinx us. Really it's Indiana. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I think Kero we're okay.
3: You make the definitive statement.
1: Yeah, I think we're okay. Um, it looks like last I looked, uh, we were looking at cloud cover, but but more like uh, you know, seventy-eight to eighty degrees on Sunday. Uh, the current shows well that's exactly what it shows right now on on the iphone 79 for the high but that's later in the day if you took today for example you know at noon at noon if you were up there in the in the in the radio booth the way jake query is going to be in turn three or Kristen airy is going to be in turn four you better have a jacket it it was chilly up there but uh but but you're right by uh by midday on on Sunday, we should be we should be clear. I'm trying to decide
3: who I'm going to pick to win. I was a week ago. I was going to say Potter Award. I am now, and I I hate uh, to do this to them, but I'm going to go Scott Dixon. At well, some he, point, he's going to get a break. You can't. I guess you can because it happened for Michael Andretti and Mario Andretti, and it did for Tony Canon for a long time. But uh, the fact that their car is so good, he's so smart, the crew is so good, it's he or Palo are the smart pick, and I'm going to eeny, meeny, money mo that, that the savvy veteran, if it's a two-car uh, fight at the end, that Dixon is going to win that fight.
1: So that's my uh, pick, and I wouldn't I've... take anything for it. I took uh, Scott Dixon starting last summer and was into it through the fall. I've switched to Pello, but it is flip a coin. I just yeah. think Pello feels like he has walked around, and I, I don't mean that like like haughtiness. He just has carried himself like an Indy five hundred winner this month. He has looked the part, and I think he'll I think he'll deliver. I think he's as stone cold as ice. I mean, I think he has, you know, ice in his veins as well. And I think he'll be outstanding come race day. And it'll be one of the two. I I'm, I feel pretty good about that. Sato, I would give a puncher's chance. I'm not sure about Erickson as much because there's a, you know, as you, as you I think you said, there's a reason why it hadn't happened for back-to-back winners in 20-some years. But I'll go with uh, Polo, as I've told several people today. Okay. All right, I'm going to sneak in a
3: couple of guests here at Raceway Park. As I mentioned, the 10th anniversary of uh, one of the coolest finishes in any motorsport event we've ever seen in the Freedom 100 back in 2013. Peter Dempsey is now a race engineer. He's a team owner. Uh, he runs my son Jackson Lee in USF Pro 2000, and he happens to be standing there outside the tent. So we'll say hello. So tell me about uh, what you were went fourth the first in a straightaway. Take us back to 2013. Did you feel like, going into the last lap, that you still had a good chance to win that race?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, I have two good spotters. uh, Stefan Wilson, I've been one of them, and and a friend of mine, uh, Bobby Delzell, who's on uh, Rosen's Smith's Car this weekend, been the other. So, uh, I just had full trust in them to be patient. And uh, we had a game plan to stay in the fight all the way to the last few laps, and uh, Going into the last lap, we had to go full sand, uh, knowing that they were going to go two or three wide. And uh, Stefan was great on the radio, telling me just to be patient, be patient, you're going to get a run no matter what. And uh, when they went three wide, just the, the drafts was so big. Um, and I was able to place my car wherever I wanted, I had the freedom to do what I needed to do. And uh, obviously at that point, the Freedom 100, uh, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway to get to the Yard of Bricks 1st you they're going to do whatever it takes. So... Uh, Full we'll stand by the wall there four wide, and uh, thankfully, uh, we just nicked at the line. But it's been 10 years ago there yesterday, so time flies here pretty quick.
3: So now you coach young drivers. This is a very different oval here at Raceway
4: Park. What's always the message
3: for any of these kids?
4: Um, honestly, you have to be aggressive around here. Um, it's, it's a very intimidating oval with the line being so high and having to fight being against the wall and the seams. Uh, trying to get the car into the middle of the corner with as much speed as he can and keep that momentum up to come off it. But, uh, you know, that's kind of the goal around here. Uh, but it's very hard with the drivers to get enough the confidence to, to get into the corner with enough speed to get out of it. Uh, you want to have a car that's well, that's free, but you don't want to lose. So you're fighting with that balance all the time. But uh, definitely one of the most demanding ovals, I think, for the young kids. Um, but obviously, you know, I've got a great group of uh, drivers this year and it's a pleasure to work with them.
3: All right, thank you, Peter. Peter Dempsey with Turn 3 Motorsport. Uh, We have the pole sitter for tonight's race, who is a local guy, Jack William Miller. You remember his dad, Dr. Jack Miller, who raced in the Indy 500 three times, late 90s, early 2000s. I know you've always been good on the oval here before. What's the key to
0: being quick here, and you're the quickest in this class? Uh, It's important to have a good car and just have faith in in the whole team and and faith in myself that I can do it, and I think it's, uh, it's always a good time here. What's it like
3: racing in front of the home crowd? And you've done well at the road force at IMS, too. Uh, are, are you like other hometown drivers that you have a lot of people to greet throughout
0: the weekend? Oh, yeah. All, all my friends and family will come out to the race. And I I just uh, I love being here at Indy and in the atmosphere and being right down the road from the Speedway. It's awesome.
3: Kirk, can you hear us at all over the Silver silver Crown cars? Can you still hear us? Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Thank and, you, uh, tell, Good luck tonight. Tell – Go ahead. I was hoping Jack Miller would uh, tell you how we've been working out in the in the ad admin building at the Speedway.
4: Yeah. Okay.
3: Jack Jack's pretty. Actually, fit, he works so. out. <laughs> yeah. You. What?
1: What do you do? I, I talk to him and encourage him while he's lifting oh, okay. And, and Okay. <laughs> so I'm still trying to get somebody to fetch
3: Miles Rowe over here. I told him what we're doing, but I don't see him nearby. We're right across from the Paps tent, but I do have the driver of the the number 47 IU Simon Comprehensive Cancer Center. Race for RP, Prime 47, Browning Chapman, make up uh, any partner you like, you can be added. There's room on the car. Jackson Lee is here. uh, Qualified 10th, first time on the Oval, and this this is the fastest formula car that can race at this place. What do you expect? What's the game plan tonight?
0: Well, it's tough to have much of a game plan for the starts, but as far as the whole race goes, I think we need to settle into a rhythm. It's it's a very long race. It's 90 laps. It's going to be the longest race of my career so far. So I think we need to settle into a rhythm, save tires, and see what we have for the end of the race. Um, I think we've got a good car to move forward. So we'll, we'll see what we have, and uh, we'll, we'll make the most of it. I know it's difficult to
3: pass at this track, but it's a little bit different this year with the USAC cars out. Does that change
0: anything uh, following them? Uh, we're hoping it does. I think we're about to find out. Um, we, they, they lay down rubber in a pretty wide um, variety of lines so uh, I think there's a chance that we'll be able to have a couple different lines to pick from and potentially we'll have a good race uh, so that's our hope, we're going to go out and feel it out and do what we got I think the 47 car is going to move forward I think, I think we got got the opportunity to do so and I think the Silver crowns potentially help, mm-hmm. they typically rubber in the track and especially the seams um, between the different groups get rubbered in so I think there's, there's good potential
3: okay, Good luck that I Drew, night race I don't see Miles around, Jackson's other teammates wandered off as well they're shy of the media, so we can finish the segment getting set. Anything else? Uh, because you got a guest coming up in just a moment. Uh, anything else we need to cover before we get to race day on Sunday? And I remind everyone we're back in our normal weekly spot of Tuesdays from 7 until
0: 9, starting next week.
1: That's right, next Tuesday. And I'll give uh, a little bit of a schedule preview in the uh, final segment after I talk to Tim May, the former... Columbus Dispatch reporter who really follows Ray Hall, Letterman-Lanigan and Meyer Shank Racing particularly close. It's always a good conversation, and uh, he and I will size up the field coming up next.
3: All right. I would just say thank you to everyone that uh, said nice things when we crossed paths in the paddock for supporting the events. We had a great turnout. Uh, that was the first time we had done – I had really been to an event at Silo Auto Club. That is a really – Cool venue. Thank you to Marcus Erickson for coming out, Lee Dippy and Townsend Bell, James Hinchcliffe and Derek Daly. Uh, Clayton Anderson played. He's actually playing in Speedway, Main Street, I think probably right now. They've got a nice block party going on down there, so check out what Clayton is doing. Uh, We raised some good money for the Relapsing Polychondritis Foundation and mostly just had a a fun weekend getting set for the race, so we'll look to do something like that again next year as well. So Tim May is coming up in just a moment. Kurt, I'll let you Take us to break, and we'll see you on Tuesday night. Wait, wait, wait. Jonathan Brown did come on. I want to say hi to Jonathan real quick, because you watched out. This is one of Jackson's teammates. We have the Irish Brigade here on the Turn 3 Motorsport team. So you've got some oval experience. How do you approach this race?
4: Uh, yeah, so it's a little different to every other race. Uh, obviously, we only turn left, and we turn left 180 times. So it's, <laughs> it's something different to any other thing I've ever done before in my life. But, uh, yeah, it's a different type of challenge, and I'm enjoying it. You
3: are starting uh, very close to one of your teammates. Please tell me you guys will not hit each other at
4: some point, right? No, I mean the three of us are pretty close together, but yeah, that's uh, sure. <laughs> right. The, the plan is not to hit each other. Yeah, we got to work together to get up the next uh, next couple of guys. So yeah, we'll see what we can do.
3: All right, keep moving forward, Jonathan Brown. Uh, he, what did you win? The Formula you, the Formula Forge Festival. That he was uh, Jackson's teammate back in the UK. He had won it the year before, and he was a, a big help to Jackson. That was one of the incentives to join this team. That he knew somebody and liked him a lot,
1: and it's going well. So. Kurt, thank you for everything this month. It's been a good month. All right. We'll be back in just a minute on Trackside with Tim May coming up next.
3: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you.
1: This is Trackside brought to you by Luxair Premium Residential Systems, a smart choice and home comfort on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Welcome back to Trackside. This would be the final segment. Well, I got one more to go, but as we come toward the end of a busy month of May, we bring in one of the real stalwarts of this uh, guest list that we have over the course of a month, Tim May, a longtime beat reporter, That Columbus Dispatch does all these cool podcasts and videos and whatnot, but he really does follow this sport pretty closely for a guy in Ohio State football land. Tim's been following the Ray Hall story, uh, not only this year, but 30 years ago when Bobby Ray Hall was missing the Indy 500. So we thought it was appropriate to bring in Tim to talk about just what we've seen this month. Let's just start with the Ray Halls, first of all, I guess. Happy to be here. Yes. How many uh, Indy 500s is this for you? This will be my 39th,
5: but of course, there's an asterisk because I covered the qualifying and practice and everything else up to the 1996 race. And then my local teams, uh, Tree Sport, uh, uh, Ray Hall, Ray Hall, uh, Hogan Racing, Hogan Ray Hall Racing, and uh, Tasman were racing, of course, in the US 500 that year. And I had to go cover that race, which I don't know if you remember, Kurt, it was on the same day. I had a <laughs> When, well, when 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 open wheel racing drew four hundred and fifty thousand people in two different races, it was maybe the zenith, the greatest moment ever in open wheel racing in in the in the United States of America. But but literally, I've been here for thirty nine straight years leading up to the race, and this will be my thirty eighth race I actually watched live here.
1: Well, that that sounds like my uh, my streak as well. This is thirty seven to cover. But I also missed the '96 race for the very same reasons. reasons. Bill Benner and Mark Ambrosi at the Indianapolis Star. We uh, made the trek up to <laughs> up to Brooklyn, Michigan, to see the US 500, or is what Bill called it, the Bogue US bogus the bogus five. Really, that was, was a good, a hell. That was a hell of a race.
5: The start was a little bit more to ask for, but you know what the finish here at Indy that day was a little bit more, you could have asked for a little bit more than that ridiculous wreck on the final in turn four. Well, we didn't come here to
1: to digest uh, uh, open wheel racing in the, in the (laughs) mid nineties and all all that went with that. Let's talk about the, the Rahal situation. Just, I guess all the similarities really between, well, there were some differences obviously with, with Bobby Rahal and, and now with Graham, but, just, just how they handled that forty-eight hour stretch of being out of the race and getting back in the race—you watched it pretty closely. How'd you think they handled it? You heard me ask. You heard
5: me ask Graham the question when he got a when he got announced as the Dryer Reinbold uh, uh, acoustic Racing sub for Stefan, uh, who Stefan Wilson, who got hit from behind on the Monday practice day by a Ray Hall's teammate Catherine Leg and hit the wall and unfortunately suffered a couple of cracked crack vertebra. The irony there is lost on no one, I don't think, including yourself. But uh, I thought they handled it extremely. Well. I mean, of course, you are just blown away when you don't make the field, and there's only thirty four cars, and you you know how long Hall Letterman has been in Letterman Lanigan has been in this sport. They've got that palace they built for a a, a home garage over there in uh, Zionsville, and just the amount of money involved and everything else, and to be Three, to have four of the five slowest cars on qualifying day, there's really no excuse for it, you know, when you get right down to it. And Bobby knows that. I mean, so, first they were dealing with that aspect of it, and then finally with the reality that one of them wasn't going to make the race because in the final analysis, it was Jack Harvey going out onto the track while Stingray Rob sitting there in 32nd spot. Jack Harvey goes out and knock bumps Graham Ray Hall off out of the field and graham Murray hall uh was not allowed or couldn't defend himself because his weight jacker had broken now everybody who cares knows what a weight jacker is in the world so of course uh, graham was devastated we saw him you know finally break down right there on pit road sitting on his car and in his oh man one of the most watched videos i've ever posted about anything including ohio state football uh was his two daughters, you know, his infant daughter and his older daughter, uh, giving him a hug on pit road and kind of changing the the tenor of the moment. But uh, but then everything else happened. Kurt, the next twenty four, yeah, in the next twenty four hours it was bizarre, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it really was.
5: I mean, you had to call. Obviously, Dennis Rainbow called uh, Graham to see if he was interested. Finally, he knew the hoops they were going to jump through, because – Uh, Graham Rahal's uh, usual power plant is a Honda, and those things are, those contracts are sacrosanct. And of course, uh, Dry and Rainbow Cusick Racing uses a Chevy. So that was the major hoop they had to jump through, clearly. And Honda signed off on it. Uh, what we're told within a matter of 10 or 15 minutes, they figured out, you know what, this is the best for the sport, et cetera.
1: Let's get this done. How did, uh, Tim May joins us? How did the, uh, I'll call it the Ray Hall Dryer Reinbold car, Graham's car today in the practice session. I think was he like 29th? Yeah, he, he was uh, he today.
5: He was in the bottom, he was in the bottom third of the field most of the day. And uh bottom line is they, they wanted to get through that practice session with uh obviously with no crash, uh no bang ups, make sure the engine uh, was running at uh, pretty good in pretty good condition, no leaks. You know all the basic stuff, and he wanted to get just a feel for driving that car. He really likes the car. It is so much more stable, for one of another term as they call it in the rear end. <laughs> it's kind of hard to write some of these stories or do some of these stories sometimes about uh, about cars when the drivers are return- referring to the rear end being a little shaky. I even uh, had to do that with. Uh, Elio Nevis one day uh, when I was at a – I was emceeing a little thing he and uh, Simon Pagino did last week and talking about their shaky rear ends. But I digress. Uh, but he felt really felt really good about it because that's the first – this was the day that he got to get the car up to speed. He got to run some install laps, obviously, the, uh, the day before for 15 minutes. That was just, you know, coming in and out of the pits and blah, 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 doing the same thing over and over again. He really liked the way this car felt in traffic. He really liked the way the car felt in the corners. He liked the stability. Is it going to be ultimately fast enough? Well, sometimes a stable race car can take you places. A fast but unstable car can't, as you all know. And uh, I think he feels, you know what, there's a good chance he feels better about the race right now in this car than he would have in his previous car, the Ray Hall, Lennerman Lanigan uh, cars, which clearly
1: missed the boat yeah, you just wonder where they go from here in terms of of how do they how do they come back from this? Well, this what's interesting.
5: a week earlier, Christian Lungard won the pole position. All three of the regular drivers were in the top eight going into the the GMR Grand Prix. They think they're going to be in good shape in Detroit next week, you know, but this just happens to be the Super Bowl, the biggest race in the world. Uh, the greatest spectacle in race, much less no matter what LL Cool J says. And uh, this is the one where everybody judges you. Well, how'd you do in the Indy 500? And I think they're going to be fine on the road courses and street courses, but clearly they didn't find what they were looking for, which was obvious at Texas in that race. And they've referred to that several times. And even the the little test they had here in April that they were behind the beam and don't, you know, and Kurt, you know, this, this isn't like the good old days behind the beam means, you know, I'm holding my fingers about a quarter inch apart from the other cars they had, for one of another term they had something dragging uh adding drag to the car from the actual aerodynamic area somewhere because they think mechanically it's sound mechanical grip it's sound but something
1: uh that other people have sanded down you know they didn't get done it's interesting tim may joins us based in columbus ohio and the team closest to that is is Meyer Shank Racing? How does Michael Shank feel at this point going into an Indy 500 with Elio Castroneves starting in row seven and and Simon Pagenaud on row eight?
5: Yeah, well, obviously last year um, um, Elio started what twenty seventh and wound up seventh, so he knows how to get to the front. He's a little closer to the front this time, and you know, basically, I think seven spots closer. So, from twenty seventh to seventh, twentieth to first is possible, right? Right. But as you and I know, this race, the last 50 miles, 50, excuse me, 50 miles or the last 25, 20 laps, it comes down, usually comes down to teams that have been working on their cars all through the race, taking off as much as they can from a uh, a drag standpoint near the end of the race when things have sort of sorted out. And uh, it ultimately still comes down to a speed contest at the end. What they're concerned about, is this is the raw speed of their car when they really are going to need it? They have a just like uh, Graham was talking about his race car. Uh, these guys feel like they have a very solid, uh, good, stable race car. But do they have? Will they have the that raw speed at the end when they really need it? That remains to be seen.
1: So Tim May joins us. Uh, everybody would be asked. I've probably been asked six times today. Who's your pick? Who do you think comes into this race with the best chance? Let's take a take a favorite and, and somebody that's deeper outside maybe that first seven or eight, nine guys, who else can win this race that you really like?
5: You know, it's funny because I remember asking Tony Kanon one time. Yeah, it was the year. It might have been the year he actually won the race. Does Indy owe you based on how close he had come and circumstances taking him out, happenstances? And uh he goes, no, Indy owes nobody anything. This is a race you have to earn. You have to have – Uh, luck going for you along with everything else. And uh, so – but I'm telling you, man, uh, we've seen guys win from the pole, right? I like Alex Pillow a lot. The other guy I like a lot to be there because I think he learned some lessons last year. I even asked him about it uh, a couple days ago, and uh, he said, yeah, but he didn't tell me what the lessons were, his Pato Award. I think he's a cunning driver. Uh, I think Alex Pillow uh, may have – stepped over himself a few times last year. He could have been, uh, you know, going for it. But I like Alex Pelot. I like Pato Award, uh, definitely. Renas, You know, that just seems like Carpenter Racing. Something happens uh, during these races when they have these really fast cars and something, some kind of jinx comes along. So I'm, I'm hesitant to pick Renas VK. Uh, but I like those two guys. And then back in the field, in my opinion, there's a bunch of guys. I mean, is Will Power back in the back of the field? He's in, he's at 12th. He's
1: not in the back. He's in the middle, right? I think that's back of the field because yeah. I think, I, I like, think we think of the front of the field being three rows.
5: Yeah. I like him a lot. And, I, you know, and I don't mean to just pick the favorite teams, but uh, Joseph Newgarden, man, he's, he's laying in the weeds.
1: He is and, laying in the weeds. And it. he's
5: really good at in this race. You know, it's just, he's had circumstances uh come along so those are guys that i i expect to see come to the fore uh as this race develops i mean like i said i could pick a hundred guy i'm not a hundred not 100, you can't only, pick a hundred because it's it's only, only 33. 33 yeah but i could pick you could pick 25 I and mean, you could look at 25 as having a reasonable shot it's funny i was talking with steve horn you know the guy that was the uh the uh chief mechanic as they called it back then but the the guy that ran the true sports operation when bobby Rahal won in 1986 and he too is sort of like, you know, impressed may not be the right word. Cause I think every race car driver would rather have his own, you know, his, his uh, exclusive thing, yeah. but all these guys have the same L.O. Nevis is starting in the same car. He started in two years ago when he won the race for the fourth time, uh, they're almost all the same vehicles with a little bit of honing and sanding that's been going on and development of the engines. But I don't, I personally don't think either engine has a major advantage. I don't know about you. Great. I mean, we all thought Chevy was going to win the pole, and now it's Philo won it with a Honda, you know? And uh, so uh, I don't know if I even answered your question. I don't
1: know what the question was. Yeah, who could, who could
5: win? Who do I like? And then who could come from the back to
1: win? And, uh, you know, and another guy you got to keep your eye on is Scott McLaughlin, obviously. I, that's, my, that's my guy from the back. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, starting 14th, middle of the row, row five, I think – I think McLaughlin is somebody I would be. I'd keep my eye on. But I agree with you. Some on Joseph Newgarden. Somebody on his team told me today. They said, "Look, we were and and it was loud outside. I didn't get quite all the details, but yeah. They said we were pulling away from. And I I didn't catch who they said, but but the you could see the 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 beam in his voice and and the excitement and and they're ready to race. And yeah. Joseph has laid pretty low and uh, in interviews, and he's just he's. He's ready. Yeah. I asked him, you know, what, what, you know,
5: the other day, what does it take? And, and all these things, you know, he gave the proper answers and stuff. And, and I asked him that question about, are you, you know, do you feel like any owes you something? And I reminded him what I, you know, he, he agreed what Tony Canaan said. And he agreed totally with that, you know, any owes you nothing. You've got to continually keep hammering on that nail. And finally you drive it home. And, uh, I think I just got a weird feeling about it. I've had a weird feeling about him
1: all month it's not really a month anymore. You know that, right? I it's, I do know the that. last week and a half well, <laughs> fortnight It's a fortnight in the next week and a half. He'll be back to Ohio state football. So yeah,
5: exactly. Hey. But, but you know, and, and, then Elio has a way to get, I keep going back to him only because you got to f- figure he's going to be in the top 10 or top, maybe even top eight with, uh, with 50 laps to go. Then let's see, we boring trouble, right. Or boring, uh, consequence. And, uh, I'm telling you, man, he wants that
1: fifth win so much. He really does. He really does. Well, Timmy, it's been uh, a good couple weeks, whatever it is. And uh, did, we hey, name, we'll, did we name everybody in the top nine there? Well, we didn't, we, went, we didn't mention the uh, Santino Ferrucci. Have a chance, in your opinion? I think he has a chance to run in the top ten. I just don't know if they can deliver the the final pit stop yeah. under green. And, and if the, if they lose a second, if it, if it happens under green and they lose a second to Team Penske, I just don't think they can overcome that.
5: And you know the guy I didn't name, because I've liked this guy since the first day I met him. I don't. You kind of don't want to jinx him. Scott Dixon should have gotten win number two last year. About one mile an hour, he was speeding in the pits. And he. you know what?
1: It was less than that, actually. Yeah,
5: but the point is, you either are or you aren't. You know, there's no... There's no gray area there. Well, just let me know. Like a cop can let you go with a warning. There's no gray area. You either were or you want, weren't based on the uh, machinery that got set up to capture that thing. He just won the pit stop contest, uh, which we waited to get over so the background noise would be a little more suitable here for your for your podcast. And uh, that's called is, a radio show. That team is revved up. You know, of course, he's from the same stable. It's kind
1: of like Bob Baffert racing from the same stable as Alex Pelot. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, I think it's the Ganassi cars and Pato Award. That's your Tier One. That's well, Tony. My tier One. You like Tony Kanell that Year One in he, the Tier One. He's got a good grace car, man. He's with a, he's with a good
5: team. That team has finally turned the corner, McLaren. Uh, I think they are
1: they could be a dominant force here for years to come. Well, we'll see how much Tim May knows, and more importantly, we'll see what Kevin and I have missed and what we can wrap up. For the final show before the 107th Indianapolis 500, there's this trackside on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. This is.
3: Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for
1: you. Alex below and you're listening to Trackside. All right, the final segment of the month of May for Trackside. Circle City Raceway at the Marion County Fairgrounds has got a full summer of racing on the new clay surface. Check out their summer schedule and plan an outing to the Circle City Raceway at the Marion County Fairgrounds. CircleCityRaceway.com. CircleCityRaceway.com. You can sure find that. All right. That is sets us up well for the news of the day, which is the schedule on Sunday, 6 a.m. Gates open. Cars to pit lane at 9 Borg-Warner Trophy starts the March to the Bricks just a few minutes before that at 8.45, and those cars get rolled out to the grid at 10.30. Driver introductions at 11.45, the invocation at 12.15, the anthem and all the things that come with it. That's what we're going to see for the 107th Indianapolis 500. Thanks for joining us this month. It's been a pleasure to be with you each night. For Kevin Lee and Eddie Garrison, I'm Kurt Cavan. This has been Trackside on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.